Welcome to the Manifestor's Journey podcast. I'm your host, Candy Nairobi Santana, law graduate turned actress, author, and producer. I believe life is all about creating from a place of wisdom, love, and courage. Each episode, we will bring you inspiring stories and messages to help you create your dream life today. Hi guys, thank you so much for tuning into episode number four of the Manifestor's Journey podcast. I cannot believe we're already up to episode four. It's been truly an amazing experience already. It's been a journey and I am super grateful for everyone who tunes in week after week. I get a lot of messages and questions from you guys and it's truly a humbling experience. This week's guest, her name is Jessica Rosado. She is an actress, writer, and singer. She is the founder and CEO of Simply Her, the all-natural and organic period package for women. She is also the blogger for Just Just Lifestyle Blog and Female Hustlers. She speaks from the heart as a performer, wellness enthusiast, domestic violence advocate, performing arts education activist, along with entrepreneurship and women empowerment. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. We discuss topics from self-love, domestic violence, and entrepreneurship. So let me know what you guys think and enjoy. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode number four. How are you? Doing really well. How are you? I am good. Good. Can we talk about how cold it is here in Florida? Is it cold up there? Gosh, what is it? (laughs) Why? I know. So, Jessica, I already shared with the listeners your amazing bio. But I want to hear from you more about your purpose, your journey, and what you love to do. Now, you're an actress, singer. I wish I could sing, but it's not my talent. (laughs) Writer, you have your blog. So let's hear a little more from you about your purpose and your day-to-day. Yes, yes. Well, you know, I... um... I started singing in church. I grew up in in church with, um, you know, singing with my mom. She's musically inclined, plays the piano, sings, and that's kind of where I get my artsy side of things. Um, my dad's tone deaf, so you know, definitely <laughs> didn't come from him. But um, but you know, I grew up in the church, and and you know, we sang in choir and you know, praise and worship and all of that. And I really got to expand my musical talents, um, you know, through church and through school. So um, I was a part of a, you know, choral society and, you know, um, different choral groups around and, and, um, you know, that's kind of how I developed that. Uh, When I turned 17, I entered into a competition in Orlando for, uh, it was called Talent Rock at the time. And it was about 2000 contestants. Um, And I entered the uh, actor, uh, teen actor category. And like I said, it had about you know, over 2000 contestants, which I thought there's no way that I'm, I'm going to be able to win this or even get close. Right you now, know, are you I, from Orlando? Well, I'm actually from, I was born in New York and raised in Virginia. Okay. And um, I grew up in Virginia and then I moved to Florida when I was 16 um, okay. in Tampa. So I kind of made my way down the East coast and, um, and then my family moved here and my extended family also followed. So we're all here now in Florida, you know, and around Orlando, Tampa area, um, and some people in Miami as well. 
So, um, so I entered this contest and, and I thought I had no way of, of winning it at all. Right. And, when you think of um, the numbers, 2000. Of course. Little, I mean, and this was my first time that I would be competing and acting. What? How? Right. You know? And um, I ended up winning. I won top teen actor. Um, wow. And the award was presented um, by the, the, this guy named Jeff from 98 Degrees. <laughs> so <laughs> throwback. You know, throwback with instinct, 98 Degrees, Backstreet Boys. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Jeff from 98 Degrees is handing me my award right now. What is life? Major. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how I got into acting, you know. Um, and uh, I started with that and just developed myself further and further along with, you know, acting workshops and things like that. I then auditioned to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles and I got accepted. At what age did you audition? Yeah, that was now, let's see, um, I was 24. So a couple years had passed. I kind of gave, you know, the acting thing a break. I I was doing things in and out. And um, I was really going through a hard time, you know, family-wise. My parents had gone through a divorce and it really broke up the family. So at the time you know, I, I didn't use my talents as an outlet. And instead, you know, I kind of struggled through all of that. But again, all a part of, you know, the journey. Of course, of course. Um, and, and that, you know, your, your parents going through a situation like that definitely affects you and, you know, your feelings and emotions and especially such a drastic change. Right, right. And it and it was. So it took me a while to kind of find myself and get back to, you know, what makes me happy? You know, what am I, what do I need to do in life to feel fulfilled? And um, it was there that I I got real with myself, like I said, around 23, 24. And I said, you know, really makes me happy is, you know, music, acting, and, and I need to pursue that. So I went to LA on a whim, you know, just to see, you know, what might happen. And I went there for a weekend and I auditioned to the Academy Okay, and I got accepted on scholarship. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? (laughs) How am I going to get there? What's going to happen? You know, my family was like LA, no one's over there. There's no family over there. How are you going to go? You know, it's all these ideas and, and, and thoughts circulating in my head, you know, that just was seeming that this was impossible. Right. And, um, and you're the first one to do something like this in your family and my family. Yeah. I'm the first one to just pick up and leave and say, okay, fam, bye, you know? And, um, and that was just, it, it was a lot, you know, I had no family over there. I knew no one actually. Right. Um, but with the collegiate housing programs that kind of act as, you know, dorms and these like really nice condos and everything, it had all just worked out. You know, I, I wasn't taking no for an answer. I thought this was a once in a lifetime opportunity and I wasn't going to miss out on it. Right. So, you know, I made it happen, you know, shipped the car over, did the, you know, the, did, whole, did the, the whole, whole nine. Right, right. <laughs> and it's so funny because as actors, you know, we have this idea in our heads of, you know, what we're supposed to do and how it looks. And moving right. to L.A. is one of those things. And it's like, ship the car, take the leap. It's like, exactly. <laughs> you feel like you're changing your life forever. You're like, so, what am I doing through the whole thing? You right. know, until you get there. And as I did when I got there and I went, oh, my goodness, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. That's amazing. And um, that feeling of 
you know, um, just, just feeling in my right place in my right space, you know, all of that was, was incredible. So I went to the school, I did a year program there and, um, it was just the, the amount of technique and things that I've learned and, um, how to, you know, be professional with talent and a passion, you know, right now, this is your first time training, correct? This was my, no, I, I, I took acting workshops, but I guess this would have been my first time training in the sense that, you know, we took, we took plays and we dissected them scene by scene and beat by beat. And what does this mean? What does that mean? And how, what's your intention here? And I mean, so it was definitely my first time doing an extensive um, study like that into acting, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I, I just thought I just went up there and was doing my thing, you know, which is, is definitely a part of it. You know, talent does play a, a big factor there, but I think learning that, you know, talent can only take you so far and you have to learn the correct habits and things to actually succeed at something was, you know, a a very valuable tool to have learned at that age. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting because I didn't go to a conservatory. I always tell people law school was my acting training. (laughs) Right, right. Law school, I mean, being in law school for four years, it really built my character to make me the person that I am today. And now I go into an audition room and I'm like, I did four years of law school. That means- yeah. (laughs) Four exams per semester where you think Mm -hmm. you're going to like have a nervous breakdown every time you take a test. Right. So you can just, you can attack anything with with that kind of background, you know? Right. And law school is exactly what people think it is. Yes. You feel very intimidated. Yes. Most of the time you feel like you have no idea what you're doing. And during classes, you're asked questions right on the spot. Mm-hmm. It's like you're performing every single day. That's, like, that's improv training right there. <laughs> yes. Improv 101. So I did do right. training outside of law school. I did. I trained in New York, but in terms of, you know, piggybacking off your point, Talent can only take you so far. I feel like in our business, it's more about understanding the discipline of the art and Correct. knowing that we, yes, we, we are talented, but we need to know how to be business women at the same time. Exactly. So that's what, go, that's what it, going through a program helps you develop. So right. that's amazing. So you, you went through this program and then after this, did you come back to Florida? What did you do? Yeah, so after the program, I... Um, I auditioned for to be a company member at the Loft Ensemble. It was a theater group in downtown Los Angeles. And, um, you know, I made it into the, the theater company and I performed a few shows with the theater company, which was incredible experience as well, you know, putting on live shows and things like that. Um, and after um, that, you know, I was kind of in my own groove. I really had things going. I had a good flow. I met someone. And, uh, and then, you know, as they say, your detour, that's not really a detour because it's still all a part of your path. Right. But, um, I did meet someone and, um, I ended up actually moving to Las Vegas. So you went from LA to Las Vegas. Yes. Yes. Which wasn't, yeah, which wasn't (laughs) such a big leap when you think about it. It is only a five hour drive. However, it was a big leap to do because, you know, I had only really, dated him for about two months. And I was, you know, at the time just convinced that, you know, love was just there, you know, we were, we were in love every, you know, just that feeling of being enthralled with someone and everything. And, um, so I, I, we, you know, we talked about it and I made the, the step to move 
And, um, you know, in the beginning, things were okay, but probably about six to eight months in, you know, is when I started to notice little red flags that, you know, would later uh, turn into something really big that I would have to deal with. Um, But, you know, what I am grateful for in doing that move is when I went there, I said, you know, I don't, I don't just want it to be about, I moved here for love. Like I got to be productive. I got to make something right. happen in Vegas, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, what I did was I, I applied to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, which is UNLV. It's the university over there. And I got into the broadcasting program, which was incredible because I wanted to have my degree. That was something that I said, you know, I kind of put so much time off with it and, you know, here and there and, you know, doing credits at the community college in Florida. And then I had credits from the academy. So I said, you know what? I really want my degree. This was something that you wanted to accomplish for yourself. Exactly. And And I always said that. And I felt that at that moment, I had the right headspace and the time to do so. So, you know, I applied and I got in and I went to... Um, I started in my broadcasting uh, track, which was incredible. The experience that I got there was something that is so valuable and that I can use in my um, acting, you know, and absolutely, absolutely, mean, you know, editing, filming, you know, all of that goes hand in hand with doing, you know, uh, broadcast. So it was amazing. It was um, an amazing experience. I got into sports casting. I mean, I covered a UNLV and UCLA game, which mm-hmm. what is that? You know, it was, I mean, it was great. It was a great experience and, you know, um, a whirlwind of things. Now you want to talk about improv, you know, that's really thinking on your feet, just watching right. a game and trying to talk about it. You know, you're like, right. What? right. Um, you know, what I like about your journey is that it's not I think, you know, you've been very, very successful in in your career, but you are also an example of someone who's tried different things. And it's not just necessarily going down one straight path, which I think a lot of actors struggle with, that Mm -hmm. we think we can only be the actor and then we can't be anything else. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, our, our generation, we're working to change that. We can be actors, we can be business owners, we can be, you know, we can be writers, we can be all these different things and be successful at each one of them. It doesn't necessarily have to be one narrow path, which listen, I'm sure it works for some people, Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, when you start to get in this business, you, you start to get in and think I can only be this. And, And the more you're involved in it, you see that you have the opportunity to be many other things as well. That's, that's exactly correct. And I think with me, I've always been the type of person that I never wanted to be limited to just one thing. I never wanted to be defined as just one thing. I didn't want to be defined as just an actress, although there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, I didn't, right. you know, of course, I just, for me and my personal, um, you know, walk and the way that I thought I, I've always wanted just to do as much as I could in anything and succeed at it and excel at it. So, um, you know, when I, when I was studying at UNLV, I actually opened up my writing, you know, and I had to write articles and things like that. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And that's what, you know, opened up the door for uh, writing for now my own blog and writing for the female hustlers, which they have a a really strong women empowerment uh, presence on Instagram. 
And so, um, you know, that, that opened up those doors. Right. And, um, and so, so you yeah. think you're going here for love, but mm-hmm. truly it's just to begin something. It's the opening of another journey for you as well. Exactly. So it's not a detour. I think that's what's so important for us to recognize when we're going on this journey and things happen and, you know, life happens and you Mm -hmm. think like, oh, I'm being stopped. But if you take the opportunity to say, what can I create from this moment right here, right right now, that is how you're able to open all these doors for yourself as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, you know, exactly what you said of, you know, sometimes we say things like that, like, oh, you know, I got sidetracked or it was a detour. It was this or was that. But the end of the day, it's still all a part of the same journey. And the things that I learned studying there, I mean, I'll take with me forever and opened up new doors for me, you know, that I, that I had no intention of opening at the time, you know, um, but that relationship um, turned out to be an abusive one. And that was something I think that, I mean, I, I know for sure, um, was something that I had never dealt with before and was definitely a, uh, a, a hardship for me and the hardest one that I would have to battle. And when you say abusive, you mean mm-hmm. emotionally abusive? It was, it, it began that way. It began emotionally abusive and, um, it turned into, um, physical and the last incident that we had, um, you know, I was in the hospital and, and I, I was sitting there and I was thinking to myself, I said, you know what, this isn't, this isn't what was meant for me, you know, sitting in a place like this and, you know, go feeling the things I was feeling and my, you know, my body just a mess. And, you know, I thought that, this, my, my life and my worth and my value is so much more than this right here. Um, and it was from that moment that I said no more. And I stood up, uh, for myself, uh, with the help of my family, which, you know, I'm, I'm such a family oriented person that, you know, I couldn't have done it without them. Um, you know, my mom and brother came to Vegas, they helped me pack up all my stuff and move and, you know, do the move back home so that I could regroup, I could heal emotionally and physically as well. Um, and that was a hard time for me, uh, because obviously how difficult going through something like that is, but it was also hard for me because I was giving up school, something that I had worked so hard on. And I, I thought that this person was taking it away from me because of the situation because you now have to, yeah. Right. And well, thank you before, before you go on. Thank you for sharing that. Um, because I think it's, it's really important as women to be able to be vulnerable in that way to share. Yes. I have all these great successes, but I've also experienced this, you know, this situation right. in my life. And, that I think is so empowering that we can be vulnerable and strong at the same time, you know, because I know anyone who sees you now will say, Oh my God, she's got it going on. She's doing this, she's <laughs> running her own company, but they're not, they, they have no idea what brought you to this point. And, right. you know, domestic violence is, is a very, very sensitive topic for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Um, I share a little bit about that in my next book, but when you and I met, which we didn't even, we didn't even, we didn't even talk about that yet. We met here in Miami at a brunch, at a blogger's brunch. We hit it off right away. And instantly. instantly. (laughs) And it was like, you know, 
And it's because we do have so much in common. But something I noticed from you right away was you're very honest, very open. And, (laughs) you know, you're the same way you can share just now that I did experience this domestic violence relationship. You'll be able to say, but I also have been able to do this and this and that. And I'm stronger. Right. Right away, you did mention, but I'm grateful that I experienced this because of X, Y, and Z. That's something that you mentioned right away. And gratitude is something that I am so, so, I'm like a huge advocate for because that's really what transforms any situation. It's like magic. Mm -hmm. Any situation, when you can get into that grateful mindset, you are able to shift it. Not that it makes it better because I don't think that's the right term for it, but it does help you shift it. Right. So right. During that time, I want to know what was it in you that said, oh, I, I, I can do this. Like I can change what I'm experiencing right now. I can change it. I can make it better. I can overcome this. Well, it was definitely um, a transition because obviously you're dealing with, you know, aside from, you know, physical healing, you're dealing with emotional distress, you know, and, um, and I think, you know, moving back home. And obviously I, I immediately got into therapy to, you know, talk about what had happened and things and that were going powerful. To oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I also, um, was going through a lot because, uh, the court was involved in this as well. So because of that, you know, I actually had to go back to Vegas and, um, prepare to testify as a, you know, as a witness to this and, you know, it, it was so something you went through that, the whole process of pressing charges and the whole, yeah. And wow. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't me personally pressing charges. It was the, the state going after him. That's how, because of what, how serious it was. Okay. Yeah. When the police are involved, that's, that's how those things will go. You know, the state will, you know, try to uh, persecute, you know, this person and right, absolutely. Uh, uh, for criminal charges and things like that. Um, and it was interesting because it was such an eye opener for me not only emotionally, but to really see how our justice system works for women um, in that regard and the preparation, how there's a lack of preparation and help um, and assistance with, you know, going through something like that. And it really, really, you know, as I started to, you know, go through it, which was such an emotional process, you know, I, ha- I would have days that were just rough where I would just want to cry and I would you know, right. tell my family, I'm, I'm, I can't do this. And then there were other days where I would, think about what happened to me. And I would say, you know what, but if I don't say anything and if I don't speak up and if I don't show face, you know, what does that do for women that, that feel like they can't do the same thing? I I have to stand up not only for myself, but for women who can't either. Um, So I think I found strength in, you know, I found strength in thinking about other women. You know, I found strength in seeing that, you know, how, broken the system was and, and things like that. And I said, you know, if I could, if my story, even, even just telling one person, even just telling two people, even just being honest and sharing my story and being open with it breaks that barrier of the stigma behind domestic violence and can help someone who thinks they don't have, you know, anybody to listen to. They don't have a voice. No one wants to hear them. They can't do it. You know, all the, all the thoughts that go through, you know, their minds and, and definitely went through mine as well. So, it's interesting because I worked in the DA's office for a few years and I was able to see that the system is broken for yes. victims. Mm-hmm. And not that I worked directly with the victims. I just, you know, I worked with the prosecutors and right. 
the preparation. I think what's more important is the emotional preparation mm-hmm. for what you're exactly. about to endure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not there. It's not there for, for right. both parties, you know, in terms of if, if a man's a victim or is a woman, it's the right. emotional aspect is not there. So you have to be willing to take that step mm-hmm. and yes, get therapy. Yes, get help because right. really the, the, it's not, the, the emotional aspect is definitely not covered for, for the process. Right. And yeah. I think it's so inspiring how you shared that thinking of other women is what helped you get through it and say, I have to do this. It's not just about me, it's the other person. And yeah. that's what we do as writers when we share. You know, we think, oh God, why am I going to say this? Do I really have <laughs> to put this out there? Do I want to put this out there? And then it's like, one of my mentors told me for, for my next book, she told me, you know, it's not about you. Right. This is not about you. <laughs> so get yourself out of this situation. Yes. You're yeah. going to help someone else. Right. Through sharing your stories. And exactly. you're going to help someone else heal. So guess what? You got to do it. <laughs> exactly. That, and you're exactly right because, you know, that was one of the things my mom actually had, had told me. You know, there, I was having a really rough day just at the thought of, you know, going back to, you know, Vegas and then having to prepare to see his face and things like that. And, you know, my mom said, if you don't have enough um, if you don't have enough fight in you to fight for yourself, have enough fight in you to fight for someone else. And that's beautiful. And right. when she told me that, I just thought about it and I'm like, you know, I, y- yeah, mom, <laughs> you know, Thank I'm you. thinking right, right. that's it. You know, like, it's almost like even through this pain, you have to almost remember, you know, don't be selfish. Think about, think about someone somewhere else. Right. And, right. and that's exactly what I thought. And, by the grace of the God, I, I went there uh, with my mom, and um, and the moment he saw me, he took the plea deal wow. that they offered. So I did not have to sit on that bench and testify and say, you know, and and repeat, you know, that all of the the, the horrible incident, right, and and the incidents from before, and um, and he took the plea deal, and and the way that the justice system works, it it you know it it's like a slap on the wrist, basically, when you're a first time offender and things like that. So, you know, that was another, you know, situation where I had to emotionally um, let it go, because, you know, you almost think, well, well, did I even make a difference? Did I even, you know, right, right? was, Was it even worth me going? Was it even worth? And yes, the answer is yes, and yes, and yes, because I stood up for myself. And I told him and everybody else, that was watching or knew about the knew about us or knew about the story that that was not okay and it was not that acceptable was, done was not acceptable right. and that was something that i i kept repeating you know over and over was you know i'm not seeking to ruin a reputation i'm not seeking to have this personal vengeance but what i am seeking is for accountability right you and know, you know you have to be held accountable for the wrongs that you do in life right and it's so I mean, the timing of our conversation right now, yesterday was the Women's March. And right. I see <laughs> all these women marching and you hear all these stories of, you know, sexual abuse in Hollywood and domestic violence and all these things. A lot of things that come up is ruining someone else's reputation. Right. Right. So as a woman, you think if I speak out against this person, and it's not against them, actually. I'll rephrase that. If I speak, if I speak out, 
period, (laughs) uh, their reputation is going to be ruined. Mm -hmm. And and that's a lot of the conversation that's going on right now. And as women, we have to do our best to reshape the reshape what's happening. And we're not we're not seeking to ruin reputations when we speak out. That's not what's happening here. It's like you said, and I think that's so incredibly powerful. It's about accountability. That's mm-hmm. what this is about, right? More than anything else? That's that's exactly. really really powerful. Yeah, and um, and so that's how I kind of went. You know, was able to continue to heal through that process. It was as if you know I closed a chapter, and you know, I it, it was hard. It was difficult. You know, because not only are you dealing with all of the emotions, you know, that go into that, but you're also grieving. You're dealing right. you're dealing with a loss of someone. You know, in any relationship, you lose that person. So you're dealing with a loss of someone, and you're dealing with the heartbreak that someone who you really thought you loved and who you really thought loved you back you know, could do something so detrimental and cross that line of respect so much so that there was no coming back from it. Right. Right. So there was a lot of, of things that I had to work through. And to be honest with you, that I still work through to this day. Right. Because healing doesn't stop. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and again, my next book is all about healing. So I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation because it's really in alignment with my message. Healing doesn't stop. It's, it's an ongoing process. Yes, you get better with time. You get better. But it's an ongoing process. And it's a continuation of self-love, of, you know, just healing the wound as much as you can. But it's, it's not, okay, I'm over it. Next. That's not, that's not how it is. Exactly. And then with, with cases like these and situations like this, you have to also take in a, you know, to affect that, that you go through like almost a, a PTSD, you know, you have triggers, you have things that come up, you have, so it really, really is a work in progress. And it continues to be that for, you know, your entire life. It, it's my therapist that actually told me, and she said, you know, there's nothing wrong with the fact that you will always Uh, think about the situation and it will always be a part of you. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's something that, you know, needs to be stressed because, you know, we think, okay, well, it's, it's in the past, you know, bye, but you, in actuality, while that's really healthy to do where, you know, you don't dwell on the past, your past is still a part of you always, wherever you go. Right. Your past experiences shape who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the also important component here is, yes, you experienced this and yes, you can still heal it, but it doesn't define who you are. Right. Exactly. Like we were so in sync right there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't define you. So it's okay to, I haven't fully, you know, I'm still healing this. It doesn't Mm -hmm. define you. Who you are is not defined by, you know, any hurt or heartbreaks or what you've been through. It's your character. It's what you do with all of these things that define you. Exactly. It's what you do with all of that. Right. And and that's what this is all about. And that's what the journey is about. Mm -hmm. It's not just getting to the destination. We're always going to be getting to destinations, by the way. There's always something we have to do, something that needs to get done, a bigger dream we want to accomplish. So once you get in the flow of, okay, my dreams can come true, yes. They will always come true, yes. And I will always be moving towards a new goal. So what? how am I in the process of all of this, in the process of all this unfolding, in, in the process of setbacks, in the process of 
things happening to me that are, that are not so favorable, you know, mm-hmm. how am I? And that's what defines you. So as women and, and during these times where we're having these very powerful conversations, we have to also remember that because you experienced that, Jessica, it doesn't mean that this is all you are. Exactly. Right. That's exactly right. Absolutely. And, you know, that was one of the things that, um, you know, I was going through was, okay, now that, now that I overcame the battle, right. You know, what, what are my next steps? Where do I go from here? What's my life going to be about? What am I going to do with this? What, you know, all of these thoughts were going through my head and I said, okay, well, first things first is I got to get back to me, right. I got to get back to what makes me happy. What, what passions do I have? You know, what is my purpose? You know, those, those questions, those crucial questions that that everyone should be asking themselves. Exactly. And as I was doing that, I discovered, you know, again, my, my passion for music, my passion for acting. Um, again, I came back to, you know what, I want to finish my degree. I want to get my degree. You know, I want to finish school. And um, that was another thing that was extremely important to me. And um, something that came up that I, I didn't really plan on um, was uh, one day I was in my car um, and you know, I was, I, I was about to have a, our monthly visitor that we love so much, right? <laughs> wait, wait, before you get there, that was my next question. You know, okay. First, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you, you know, for sharing your journey and being vulnerable. You know, I, I really, 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 really appreciate that. And that's something that we work on all the time, you know, yes. and I'm, I'm getting better at it myself. I'm really, I really, you know, things I'm sharing in my next book, most people don't even know happened to me. So I'm really practicing that and you're shining the light and being an example of that for me too. So I really, really appreciate it. So you are the founder of, tell me about your company. Tell me where the name come from. Like, tell me everything. And that that was literally where our conversation was. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I transitioned into there because honestly that, you know, coming out of something like that, you start again, you know, you start to think about, you know, where, where's my purpose? What am I supposed to do with, with my life? What's going on here? You know? Right. And, um, and so one day I was in my car and I was feeling crampy and I was feeling like, oh my gosh, here like, we go. I'm like, here we go. I'm about to get my period. Right. Oh man. So I look on my app cause I have an app for this. And um, I look at my app and yep, there it comes. It's coming around the corner. And I literally said to myself in the car out loud, because you have to be honest, everybody talks to themselves, right? Oh my goodness, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm in my car and I go, I really wish I had something that made me feel good when I got my period. Like Mm. I just want to have something to feel good about when I, when, you know, I'm about to get my period or whether I'm on it or whatever. And from there, I'm telling you, the ideas and just the snowball flow of what transpired into my company just began. And it was like um, a natural process. Yes, it, it, you know, even talking about it sometimes gives me chills because it was, it's almost like there was like no explanation. It was just like one idea that bounced off another idea, then this idea, right. then this, then this. And I feel like all of my um, career paths that I had chosen, you know, my jobs and things like that throughout my life had really, really prepared me for this venture. You know, I was in web design. 
um, social media manager for a major company in Las Vegas for the, the you know, bars and, and restaurants and things like that. So all of that combined, I began, I started with a logo and I created my own logo. And you did those yourself. Yes. <laughs> I love your logo. First of all, I love your you. look and feel. That's why I tell people um, their look and feel really says a lot about their brand. And that's, that's what will attract someone to you or would act, won't attract someone to you. Right, right. And, um, and so being, you know, having been a social media manager, I, I had the, you know, um, I had the knowledge and experience to like, kind of know how I wanted my online presence to be. And um, I started with a logo just playing around with stuff one night. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, yeah. What about I wanted something, you know, because originally, um, you know, with this idea snowballed into became, you know, the all natural and organic period care package for women, because as I was looking at what was currently on the market for monthly subscriptions, especially when it came to periods, there wasn't anything that was all natural and all organic. Natural. Right. Right. Okay. And, um, and so that's, you know, what, where that came from. And when I was thinking of the name, I thought, you know, I want something simple, right? That word simple just came to me. Like, I want it simple because, you know, when you think organic and all natural, that's literally what it is. It's, it's simple. It's not, you know, you don't have this in it and that in it and, and you know, an extensive ingredients list that you can't even pronounce. Right. Um, so I came up with simply her, you know, I wanted it so that, you know, women knew it's, it's for you, you know? <laughs> um, so I came up with the name and then I was just playing around with different icons and logos and things like that. And I came up with the main logo and I said, okay, you know, what's the next step? You know, I, Let's let's come up with a website. Let's right. I feel I feel like we need an episode two just for business one oh one. I know. know. How I know. This and how it you right, know right. And that's women. exactly and that's basically, you know, how it it's it became, you know, what it is. I mean, again, there's there's so much more detail involved in that, like you said, maybe for a part two, right. I feel like we need a part two. Step, you know, but um, you know, that that's how that started. And so how do we sign up? to get your packages? To, how, how does it work? Um, if I want to know more about how your packages come and all of those things. Right. So basically you would go to simplyherpackage.com and uh, there is, you know, the main page that gives a snapshot of, you know, what our company is about. And, um, and then when you go on to how it works, I have extensive detail on how the entire process works, you know, how many days it is to curate the package and then, you know, on top of shipping and, you know, all of that. Right. Um, I also have, our, you know, it says our mission and, you know, what it means. Um, because I think one of the most things that I'm proud of is that Simply Her is more than just a monthly subscription period care package. You know, I built a company that values philanthropy, promotes compassion, and really aims to spread love and respect. Yeah. And I value the fact that it's a company that empowers, supports, and truly encourages women all over the world. Which is what you're all about. And that's what I'm all about. <laughs> <laughs> and that's beautiful that you're able to offer this in, in a very unique way to women. And it's true. If This, again, would be a whole other conversation. Right. About how we feel when it's that time of the month. It's not fun. And, and no. we've been conditioned to, to feel that oh, this is going to be such a painful few days. I'm mm -hmm. going to be in so much pain. I'm not happy. I feel gross. I feel this. I feel that. So it's really nice to have something that actually supports you. 
Right. You know, and, and if you look at the history of what it's been for women talking about periods, it's like, oh, it's gross. Don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, like even the word is like my period. Ooh. Right. You yeah. Know? Like, oh, or, or of course you're being moody. You're on your period. Like it's not, you know, that's a whole different conversation. And it's mm-hmm. so empowering that you're able to tie that all into your message and align it with your purpose. Right. Right. And, um, and so, you know, you would go onto the site, you would look at the, the products. I, I have it set up to make it again, really simple. You know, all the pa- the products inside each package are already chosen for you. There's a set package for each month with a, a specific theme and different things. Um, and then you can either choose to do the monthly subscription or you can either choose to do um, just a one-time package. Let's say if you want to do it just for yourself to try it out um, or, you know, do it as a gift for a friend. Oh, that's such a beautiful idea to do it as a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually had a few of those for Christmas. So that was fun. <laughs> that's such a beautiful idea. Well, Jessica, now that we are wrapping up, I would yes. like to ask you three questions. Okay. okay. So I switch it up each time. Mm-hmm. When I started, I said I was going to ask everyone the same question, but I'm very on the spot kind of person. And based on our conversation, three questions come to mind. Okay. First, what would you say has been your biggest motivator? Biggest motivator during your challenges? What's one thing that you always count on to get you through these difficult times? Honestly, it would be my faith. My faith is something that I lean on. Um, I'm a very spiritual person. And um, just my faith in God is what really keeps me going. You know, knowing that someone out there has my back is, I think, the most important thing of all. Wow, that's beautiful. Faith is a faith, I think, blind faith too because think about it when you when you're going through a tough time you may not see how you can overcome it but there's a piece of you that says you're gonna be fine you like can you're gonna be this. fine mm-hmm. that invisible push Absolutely. that none of us can put our finger on but we know once we believe and and we go through these times we know I can count on you mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do it even That's even it. if I'm shaking in my boots <laughs> like <laughs> exactly I can, I can do can it do beautiful now, my second question, who is someone that inspires you? Ooh, that's Without, you know, you're going to leave some people out, but of you course, still love them. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, someone who inspires me. You know, I would really have to say, you know, there's been a couple people along the way, obviously, but I would, I would have to say my dad. My dad has always inspired me. Um, because of his work ethic and his tenacity and his willingness to keep going regardless of the punches, I think is where I get that from. You know, regardless of what brings us down, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And um, I think that that has always been a huge part of why I I keep going. (laughs) That's beautiful. And my last question is, if you can turn back time, Mm -hmm. what is... What is something you would change, if anything? If I could turn back time. You know, because every time we experience something, we always look back. and some Oh, and everything are, is so much more clear in retrospect. Oh, yeah, you're like, I shouldn't have called him. Like, come on. Right, like, right. <laughs> so is there yeah. anything? And sometimes we feel like, you know what? It was perfect. For you, I want to know if there's anything you would change and why. Well, 
I don't think, and I, and I know this is probably going to sound so cliche, Go but I it. don't think I would change anything. Even having gone through the things that I've gone through, I think I am the woman today because of them. And in fact, I know I am because of them. So had I not gone through specific things that could have caused a ripple effect in maybe even not coming up with my company or, you know, not creating certain things or, you know, all of that is, is a factor. So I think the reason and the reasons behind I've gone through the things that I've gone through is because it was meant to happen. So I would not change a thing. Beautiful. And, and I agree in, in my own experiences, if any of, if these things did not happen the way that they happened, when they happened, how they happened, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So I agree with you in being grateful for the experience and just learning from them. Yeah, absolutely. Jessica, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Thank you for having me. Very, (laughs) very, very powerful conversation, guys. So where can we find you on social media, website, yeah, absolutely. Um, my website is www.jessicalrosado.com. That's R-O-S-A-D-O. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at I am Jessica Rosado. And um, that's, that's how you can connect with me. Um, I have all of my sites on, on my main page uh, for the company, for my blog, for the Female Hustlers page as well that has my insight on there um, as well. So Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and always remember to choose gratitude over fear.